Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com, Ford Kia Hyundai. Best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a great service department that backs it up every step away from the routine to the difficult. They can handle it. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Rodney Martin, Joe Putnam in a moment. Matt, after a lot of reflection and having to go through 22 choices that he texted me, finally settled on this one as the play-by-play call of the day. Tommy McCarthy with the call, and uh, that beat out, by the way, uh, uh, Matt's second choice. I guess the Marlins had a bunt single. You worry me. I mean, you really do. (laughs) No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Aaron Judge go to walk. (laughs) Okay. Well, we have Joe Putnam with us. I guess Rodney's not answering? Yeah, just looking to get in contact with him. So we can bring Joe on for now. We'll get Rodney in hopefully in a second. Yeah, we'll text him and make sure he he understands what the number is. If if he thinks I'm calling him, I'm I'm not. So we'll get them both on together. So get Rodney on here to go with Joe. Joe, first of all, congratulations on this. This is a... uh, it's a big deal uh, to do something like this. Uh, give me an idea of how it happened where you found out you had the opportunity to do this. Oops, my fault. Spring. Yep. You, um, you know, it, it it was definitely something. I got a call from uh, Guido D'Elia and was invited to audition. They said there might be an opening, and uh, so I was. Uh, auditioning throughout the spring. I know Rodney was as well. And then uh, we found out, um, you know, uh, shortly thereafter, as we got into the summertime, uh, found out that we would be the uh, the new public address voices for Penn State football. But, uh, you know, for both of us, I think, um, you know, just being able to add to uh, the real voice of Penn State football, that 108,000-plus in Beaver Stadium that, uh, plays so much of a, a role in supporting the Nittany Lions, not only with their cheers, but also affecting the opposition all the way through the game. It's, uh, it's something that we both are 
very much looking forward to, and it's really a, a great honor uh, for both of us to uh, assume that role at Beaver Stadium, and uh, we are very much looking forward to, um, you know, throughout the 2023 season, uh, being maybe a prominent voice, but certainly just uh, one of the voices uh, helping support the 108,000 plus. Well, Joe, uh, through the State College spikes and then a few other events, the two of you have worked together a lot. How much does that help in terms of just the approach and the familiarity with each other? Uh, it, it helps immensely. You know, uh, here at the spikes, obviously, Rodney is the public address announcer here in Medler Field at Lebrano Park, as well as being over at the Gould Ice Arena. And his voice can energize uh, an arena, a stadium, uh, really like no other. So, um, you know, working with him and, and knowing him from here at the Spikes, where we're just basically two booths down from each other, sometimes even at the same booth all the way through uh, the past few summers, uh, and then also, you know, being able to, to share roles at other locations. Um, it, it really helps. I think we both um, we know what the other is capable of, and I think you know we're gonna not miss a beat in terms of uh, getting together and, and knowing uh, exactly who goes where when and uh, all of that. I think that it's gonna be a seamless transition. Rodney, great to have you with us. Congratulations on this well deserved and well earned. Uh, on your part, uh, what was it like the moment that Guido D'Elia gave you the call? Actually, it was, uh, yeah, I got a, I was at work and Dana, uh, Dana Krause gave me a text uh. to say, hey, we're going about football. And, and then I was like, okay, this is it, you know, because it had been some time. And um, when she finally told me, I basically was out in the hallway outside my office, jumping up and down. And people think <laughs> Well, what the heck's going on with this guy? Although a couple of the guys I did work uh, that I had worked with had knew, had known that I tried uh, that I had auditioned. So and, and uh, they said, "Oh, that must be good news." I'm like, "Yeah, it must be." So, well, it ended up being that way. I asked Joe this. I think you heard his answer. The fact that through the spikes and through other events, the two of you have worked together before. What has that familiarity meant to you in this transition to football? Well, it's it's good that like I, I've said in other um, to other people, I've worked with just about everybody, a good number of people in athletics, and I've worked with Joe, like you said, at the at the spikes. I, he's helped me out at, uh, at with hockey too, and just that familiarity and having like a, a, a I would consider a pretty close friend there working uh, in, in Beaver Stadium and his professionalism and just knowing that we're going to be there together. Well, aside from this weekend, knowing that we're going to be together there together, it, it is it it is going to be a very special uh, special time. Uh, between the two of you, how many meetings have you had so that everybody has an idea of how this is going to work? We've had um, we've been doing since we found out. We've been doing weekly tag ups with Guido and Dana, and, and Phil's been in on a couple of those, um, basically every Monday. So I can't even. <laughs> it seems like forever, <laughs> but I, I know it hasn't been. But uh, I, I I don't know, Joe. What do you think? Probably like ten, maybe ten. Think maybe ten meetings, Joe. Yeah, probably. Uh, we, we, you know, just about every week uh, we get together. We've been workshopping uh, different things all the way through 
through the summer and and obviously as we get closer here with uh, game week approaching it becomes production meetings it becomes run throughs uh, and that'll be the case all the way through uh, the rest of the season on those game weeks but uh, you know I, I think we've we've kind of you know really hammered down exactly uh, how things will sound uh, inside Beaver Stadium this year and and um, I think fans are really going to like it. I think that uh, it's definitely going to uh, add to the atmosphere. Uh, you know, we, we truly think that uh, the greatest fans in college football are at Beaver Stadium each Saturday during the fall, the Penn State's at home. It's the greatest show in college football, and uh, just to be able to improve it and, and make sure that everybody nationwide knows just how great of an atmosphere this is. Uh, that's always been the aim for, for us. For Dana Krause and the marketing team, Guido D'Elia, everybody on down, just making this as, as great as possible right out of it. This will be a better question to answer in about a month after each of you and know, the two of you have experienced a few games together. But just through the meetings and the run sheets, do you have a greater appreciation for how, quote, the show runs at Beaver Stadium that maybe you didn't know before? I, I knew that there was a lot that went into it. Like I said, in working with there in, in with hockey, we used to have production meetings, but now we get we we have our run of show pretty pretty well down. Yeah. yeah. Um. But with everything else that goes on, just the the number of moving parts. Like at, at Pagula, there is no band. Although there was at one time, we do have a pep band. Um. We we don't have Spirit Squad. We don't. It, we we don't do as many uh, like on field or on ice production, but just the amount of people that are involved. Yeah, it, it is a it is a whole. They say it takes a village. This takes a city almost. Joe, what are your thoughts? How much of an appreciation do you have for all the moving parts now? Well, you know, I mean, Medler Field, Lebrano Park with the spikes, the ice arena, even the Bryce Jordan Center. I mean, the, you know. Putting on shows and and you know looking at the the rundowns and the scripts and all that it it's it definitely there are similarities between all of them. now you're talking about 108 108,000 people that you're trying to put on the greatest show possible for I mean it's a production it is a, a movie level production each and every football Saturday so definitely the, just the the size of it the how immense it all is that that's something that. You know, you, you go to a game, you're, you're kind of around, you, you get a sense of it, but and when you're truly inside, it's okay. You know, NBC television, it's uh, coordinating with, uh, you know, police, parking. I mean, everything, it is just such an immense production um, that it takes dedicated people to, to you know, um, carry out each and every football Saturday. And, and thankfully, you know, we have a, a lot of dedicated, hardworking, talented people uh, that surround us to, to make this as great of a show as possible. Look, the two of you have done a lot of this for a lot of crowds, not to the level of 108. So let me ask you something. Is the 108 part of it in the back of your mind the entire time, or did each one of you have the ability to go, you know what, this is, you know, it's an important job, but it's like any other day, and you're just trying to talk to one person out there? I don't think you can completely put it in the back of your mind. <laughs> I mean, the view, I well, like I said, they changed the production booth, but even being inside Beaver Stadium where we where we had auditioned, just knowing just that the whole crowd is just going to be pulled. I mean, 
you try to put it in the back of your mind, and yes, like you said, reach to one person, but you can't put it completely out of your mind. Like people, when I first found out and I was telling people, they're like, hey, don't worry, it's only 100000 more than Pagula. I'm like, hey. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's 100000 That's That's a significant number, right? So, uh, but yeah, you, you can't totally put it out of your mind. And in fact, in some cases, you kind of want to bring that into it because the the attitude is we're going to try to mimic where the crowd is at through the game. So you kind of have to be aware of where they're at as well. So when when what especially for my part, being the being the in game guy, the the level of where I'm at, I'm we're trying to match or bring along the crowd where they need to be. So yeah, hundred thousand, hundred eight thousand. Yeah, I, I, you feed off of that, but you're right. You 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 got to kind of put that. Uh, off to the side as well because you can't just you can't let that overwhelm you when you're in there all right and finally for each one of you what is your level of preparation how are you you know what kind of preparation do you feel you need to do the job at the level because the two of you have very high standards i want to make sure everybody understands that your standard for what they are doing out there isn't as high as their personal standard. Rodney and Joe have very high standards. So in order to get ready for this, what kind of preparation have you put in to get yourself to this point? And we'll start with Rodney. So I have been nonstop going through pronunciations, um, going through the, the rosters, the likely players, trying to get a, a kind of a sense of the depth chart I don't have to memorize it, but it has to be able to come back quickly. And I, and this is the, one of the things that Guido harps on, is it's the pronunciation, and it's going to be yep. making sure we get we get it down and we are consistent. Um, so yeah, and like I said, I have uh, I have my roster sheets already. I have. I've been. I have. I downloaded an app on my phone with flashcards. You can make old flashcards. So, like, what's the number? And then, okay, this is offense, defense. Who is it? And then, with the pronunciation guide, my wife is texting me numbers. Okay, <laughs> number one on offense. Two. You know. So it's like. Mm. So yeah, it's it's a. In that case, it's a family affair. But just making sure I know the roster and the pronunciations inside out. Mm. Yeah, it's Lambert Smith. All right, so uh, <laughs> what? I, I knew that, Steve. Uh, I, was I know you. I know you know that. You're just testing me. Uh, and Joe, what about you? What kind of preparation was needed for you? Well, I know you know Rodney has to prepare for a wide array of game situations because who knows what twists and turns the game can take. So, uh, but but like Rodney is checking on player pronunciations and getting all those right. I'm checking up pronunciations. I mean, most of the things that I say are scripted beforehand, but obviously studying that, making sure you're saying everybody's name right. For instance, we're honoring several uh, Penn State championship athletes at halftime coming up uh, this Saturday's game. want to make sure that I get all their names right, so checking strategic communications on that, uh, involved in the you know the timing of everything. Um, things will probably switch around during the game as well. You may not know it out of the crowd, but uh, we might take break one and move it to break three, and uh, you know, as circumstances dictate, to be, make sure we, you know, satisfy all of the uh, sponsorships, uh, get all the fan experience uh, 
things in that people have come to know, love, and expect, uh, but also keep the crowd going all the way uh, from the time the, the team enters the field and even before that with the anticipation all the way until the final whistle and hopefully the ringing of the victory bell. Uh, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's adjusting and just making sure that you're on top of your uh, scripts, you're on top of the names, the pronunciations, you're on top of everything so that when things do shift around, you're able to shift around with it. And, you know, it, it's crucial to have that support as well. And that's why you know, we're thankful that, um, you know, it'll be great spotters, great production folks there with us to, to help us with that. But, you know, Rodney and I, I know, uh, you know, Rodney's the most prepared public address mm-hmm. announcer I think I've ever met. So I know that he's got his thing down cold. I've got to, you know, make sure that I've got everything down cold as well um, so that, again, it's all about adding to the voice of that 108,000, providing the show. And uh, as long as we're all playing along to the same beat, it's going to sound just great out there. So, you know, whether, you know whether, whether it's pronunciations, whether it's just making sure you've got the, the scripts down right, um, either way, it's it's you know studying, it's preparation. It might not be as intense as the mothers. Obviously, the team is in intense preparation, but you know we're we're we want to be out there and do the very best we can to add to the experience and uh, you know making sure we've got everything down cold leading up to Saturday. Well, as a personal opinion, uh, they could not have made two better choices, and I think the crowd will find out very quickly that uh, that uh, analysis is correct. Uh, Guys, thanks so much. You're going to be great, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck and look forward to seeing you. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Joe Putnam, Rodney Martin. They're the new voices of Beaver Stadium here on Saturday. All right. Take a break. We'll come back. Oh, I feel like I bought Matt a lot of time to get mad. It's like watching, like, you put water on a stove in a, in a pot. Put it on low. It still eventually comes to a boil. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're close. Again, that is pretty accurate. You're ready to go, aren't you? I don't know if I'll be boiling yet, but you never know. You're you're getting close. Somebody can hit the die a little too far, and then all of a sudden it spills over. There's a couple people right now that just right now are on your nerves. I can tell. I can tell. Why don't you just let it out now? If we wait through the commercial break, you might not be able to handle it. I don't think we're there yet, though, to be honest with you. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Just, the Tigers are winning at the bottom of the fifth. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Yes, I did see that. Eh, you know, It I is mean, what yeah. it is at this point. I mean, short homer. It was a big-time hit. Yeah. You know? Let's see what your guy judge done so far. Ding, 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 ding. Not, not playing again today. Hmm. He missed almost all of June and good chunk of July, but we needed a day off. Really? How about that? It's quite the crew you got there. I always love when they put down the win probability. Right now, the Tigers... Okay, but still four more innings to go, have a 72.2% chance of winning. Really? 
What are we doing here? <laughs> oh, my almighty! <laughs> I, I hate that stuff. The FBI, the FPI indicator, FPI indicator, says they have a 78% chance of winning. They'll put that at the bottom of the screen. Like, you're supposed to, like, swagger out of the house, go, okay, great, why bother even playing the game? <laughs> Stupid stuff. All right. See, Matt, you have to understand... In life, you can't do stupid. Do you understand that? That is correct. <laughs> Wait, it sounds like somebody is stealing your your uh, your credo. Bingo! Uh, is Bucknell playing this week? Yes, they are at James Madison this week. James, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm, yeah, yeah. FBS, little FBS there. Yeah, you know what? We went down to I. I had done a basketball game at James Madison in during the ninety one ninety two season, so it was like February of ninety two or something, like January February of ninety two. And Lefty Drizel was the coach, and they won over Penn State in overtime. So I. So I've been on the campus, and I remember we went by the stadium. And went, oh, that's nice. When Dick and I and Joe Putnam, because Joe did the uh, was the engineer on the trip, we drove to Virginia Tech during the pandemic. And so what we did was Dick came down from Philadelphia, and Joe and I came down from State College, and we met. Was it? I don't know. I don't think it was Winchester. It was a little further south than that. And then went down in one car from there. And part of it was going through Harrisonburg. And the football stadium is right next to I-81. And, of course, so I hadn't seen it in nearly 30 years. It had been 28 years since I'd seen the campus. We went by. I mean, Matt, that's a beautiful stadium. I was really impressed. Now, you know, it's not 60,000 or anything like that, but like it was really nice. And like, we was like, all of us were like, wow. So, yeah. All right. Take a break. Come back. And, and what's your game? You have Danville? I got line bound in Danville tomorrow on SECBA. Yep. Yeah. Okay. From the sideline. I mean, do you have, like, a Jersey Shore game at Jersey Shore this year? <laughs> oh, Tiger I, I, scored again. Tiger scored again. 2 nothing. Wonderful. Um, no, I do not have a game at Jersey Shore as of now, football-wise. Okay. okay. I just want to make sure. Because I, I figure if we could, you know, do a little informal poll, like uh, degrees of dislike <laughs> for the suit, like how deep does it go? I've actually have not had the pleasure of doing a game at Thompson Street Stadium, so... See, that's the difference. You talk about the pleasure of it. The other guy acts as if there's water dripping on his forehead. Imagine what he's going to be like in the station if they win this week and they're 2-0. Oh, man. But I, I, I actually, I think he'll be better if the equipment works this week. Hmm. Issues? We had some audio issues with the YouTube channel last week, so but that we've been working hard to get them resolved, and hopefully we'll be good to go for tomorrow. 
on the WKOK YouTube channel. That was, I think we were good on the SBC Sports Live for Seals Grove. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll have to tune in uh, tomorrow night to that uh, YouTube channel just to see the new field. Be cool. It looks nice from the pictures I've seen. Really nice. Attention, Central Pennsylvania truck buyers. This is the one event you've been waiting for. Subbury Motors is having their 75th annual August new Ford truck sale with savings up to $8,465 and financing as low as 1.9%. All new Ford F-150s will be priced at just $75 over invoice and they will come with a genuine Ford bedliner. Ford Motor Company has awarded SMC 42 additional F-150s to meet consumer demand during this unprecedented sale. The Ford F-150 is America's number one selling truck for 46 consecutive years and one is sold every 49 seconds. Sunbury Motors has 23 new Ford Explorers available with savings up to five grand and they start from just 43375 dollars Pick from 17 of the totally redesigned Ford Escapes and SMC has them slash $2,500 and they start from only $30,890. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury, proudly owned by the Mertz family for over a century. Hurry before someone gets your new truck. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, uh, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous service department backs it up every step of the way. All the way through it is Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. It feels like these days that the business that we are in on the radio, TV, newspaper, media side sometimes is a test of survival. Barstool Sports. Uh, is going to lay off nearly 25% of its employees. So they're going to lose about 100 jobs. Uh, Dave Portnoy has uh, publicly stated the cuts were coming after he then regained control of the company following the breakup with Penn Entertainment. Uh, When Penn Entertainment owned it, they added 300 people, so he's going to cut that back by 100 Said, I've been very clear, anyone that's paid attention, we are going to have layoffs and cuts, and they've, they've started, and it stinks. And people who know me from the beginning know I hate firing people. You can be incompetent, not work, and I generally don't fire because I hate it so much. It's the worst stinking thing to do. You should hear my brother talk about times in his life where he's had to lay off a person. Um, it got to the point where Kevin didn't hire anybody for a long period of time. You want to know why? He didn't hire people for a long period of time because he didn't want to be in the position of having to lay somebody off. And for the vast majority of people, it is very difficult. I mean, in management, they take no joy 
Wow. <laughs> well, I think the guy in the corner office would relish the opportunity. Don't you think so? S-U-I-T. That spells suit-da. I love the power. <laughs> but the vast majority of people can't stand doing it. So, but the, you know, uh, Wendy Nix is out, by the way, at ESPN. She's the latest there. They, um, you look at Booger McFarland. He's not going to do that NFL show with Herm Edwards and Michael Eaves, the, the show you hated so much. Correct. Well, what's Booger McFarland doing? He's keeping his career alive. That's about where it is. I mean, I, I don't think he's that great, but I don't mind Booger. It's just her Edwards is the one I had the problem with. Well, that's the first person I've ever heard you have a problem. <laughs> Because like I said earlier in the week, I I think now that this Arizona State thing has happened, I think he's just lost all credibility. Well, you know what? There are a lot of coaches that fall into that category. I mean, Bruce Pearl got three years show cause and was on ESPN College Game Day for basketball. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that's, and that's also part of ESPN's problem is anybody that's played the game or coached the game automatically gets a, gets a seat at an analyst desk or a microphone in front of them where they maybe they they're not the greatest broadcaster in the world or analyst in the world. That's not how it works, ESPN. One of the many reasons and they're they're in the position where they are right now. Yeah, they'll be I'm going to be very interested to see. There's certain things you can't avoid. Okay. So let's start. What can't ESPN avoid in the college football season? They can't avoid if Ohio State keeps winning. They can't avoid if Penn State keeps winning. And they can't avoid if Michigan keeps winning, right? They can't avoid it. It's going to be there. Um, But I'm going to be interested to see how much coverage they really do give the Big Ten. That's if I watch it. Uh, Because over time... And I, and I say this with all due respect because I know that's a hard show to do, and they work their brains out to do it. And Reese Davis does a great job of hosting it, so I'm, I'm not I'm not here to rip the show in any way, shape, or form. But I'll tell you when they started to like, I started slowing down watching game days when it went to three hours. Like, oh, and and look, if I'm running ESPN, I go to three hours too. Because I can sell it. It's college football. Okay? So I don't blame them for going to three hours. From a business point of view, it's a great move to go to three hours. But for me personally, that's when I started slowing down on it because it it felt like everything was getting spread out. They're working in features, and it's like, okay. Uh, And you, you felt like even though you were getting the extra hour you felt like some of the, it was it was becoming diluted in order to cover three hours okay uh, normally you know when I usually watch game day I'd say I'd normally watch game day when I'm on the road 
you know, if it happens, if it turns out that Penn State's playing a three thirty or a seven thirty game, I mean, the game in Illinois, there's no chance. I mean, you know, we'll be on the air at ten thirty in the morning. We'll be out of the hotel by nine. I mean, I won't see any of it. So, like a noon game, no. But a three thirty game or a seven thirty game, yeah, that's and I'd say now it's at the point where if if Penn State's playing at home, I don't watch it that often. Uh, but if I'm on the road and you're, you're cooped up in the hotel and the whole deal, yeah, you'll watch it. But, you know, when I do watch it this year, I'm going to be interested to see is the how much they pour into the SEC and how much they pour into the Big Ten. I think that's going to be something that's interesting to watch. We may find out it's very even-handed and have no problem with it whatsoever. Or we may find that they're really leaning one way. How about that? I I guarantee you that only just because of preseason stories that I've seen on ESPN.com, the only thing they're going to care about in the Big Ten in the early going for right now, unless someone like a Penn State plays to their expectations, is they'll they'll indulge themselves in Ohio State and Michigan because they get because Ohio State's always popular. They're always indulged in Ohio State. Always Michigan because they're always going to have the nauseating Jim Harbaugh, and that's what that's going to be their standard until we get to the college football playoff, which is when they're back in the picture, and then they might expand more depending on who's in the the uh, the, the the ferry or not. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Nebraska, as we mentioned, Matt, how, how many play-by-play things did you send me today? Thirty-one, thirty-two. <laughs> We're getting up there, but I, I do have the Nebraska audio. This is Nebraska Women's Volleyball Memorial Stadium in Lincoln last night. Ninety-two thousand and three last night at Memorial Stadium, Lincoln, for Nebraska women's volleyball against Omaha. That is a new record for attendance at a women's sporting event, not just in this country but worldwide. Eighty thousand couldn't see the court, <laughs> but it was still—it's still cool they did it. And I remember it talk, I was talking with Tony Petiti, the Big Ten Commissioner, last week. And I said, so I said, what do you have on the docket next week? What are you going to do? And he says, well, i got to go to that women's volleyball match on Wednesday night. He says, that's going to be an unbelievable scene. So that was like a top priority for him. And look, I, I think it's fabulous what they did last night. That's great. Yeah. 92,003. Let's see, Nebraska women's volleyball against Omaha. Another big plus for women's sports. As we pointed out, uh, for ESPN, they were taught, uh, Burke Magnus was interviewed by, I think it was Richard Deich did the interview. He said, where do you see growth 
in product. And he said, he said we think the growth might be in women's sports. Okay. Well, last night was was on uh, BTN last night. I did not see it. I had a I had a game last night at Williamsport, so I did not see it. But yeah, ninety two thousand and three. I think isn't Iowa women's basketball supposed to play in the football stadium of something? No, it might be too cold at that point. I know Iowa women's basketball has sold out all of its games at Carver-Hawkeye this year with Caitlin Clark. So that has happened. Okay. It's sports. I say the more the merrier. Let's have fun with it. Sports is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertaining. Try to tell Matt that while he's just pouring down one bottle of water after another, taking various medications to get through it. You don't seem to have fun with it, Matt. You seem to have, like, the whole thing is a stress city to you. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Admit it, during the Super Bowl, you were a wreck. Um, during the fourth quarter, I was. What about when he dropped the ball? Oh, yeah, and during the... Well, that that one was more shock than anything else. When Kansas City... When, uh... Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, it was more shock than anything else. Yeah. You threw stuff. <laughs> at, at that point, I did not. Because my, my, I, think, I think the kids were still up at that point. Ooh, the discipline. I admire it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is more discipline I have to I've I've instilled in myself now because I mean half the time I'm watching the Eagles, they're asleep. Whether it's a night game or it's the middle of the afternoon, they're taking a nap, so I can't wake them up. Darn it. <laughs> he threw a doggone interception. And then Dang there's it. that too, yes. Dang it. <laughs> Matthew. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Lisa's always thought, do you remember the, uh, I think it was the State Farm commercial where the where the Texans fan goes out and he, like, ho- t- he's holding his newborn baby, gives it to his wife, goes outside and, like, goes nuts and honks the horn? I think that's State Farm. She she says I'm perfect spokesperson for that. So now you're pleading on the air to be a, an endorser? <laughs> I well. My dad has told me once before, and I'm sure I'll, I'll be told again now that we have an, our third child on the way shortly, don't drop the baby. <laughs> Oof, boy, a message from this station and the Ad Council. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. We also have NC State UConn tonight. As we hit Thursday night, the opening Thursday of the season. Wow. Then uh, I think there's a couple games tomorrow, right? And then we get Saturday, and of course, around here it's 
Penn State and West Virginia. They showed an overhead shot of the uh, Nebraska women's volleyball match. They did not put the court in the center of the stadium. I noticed I that. that. I found that interesting. They put it in the um, when I'm doing the games there. It would be the left end zone. Okay, so the left. So if I'm, you know, so you're looking on TV. We're on, always on the same side as TV. Left end zone at Nebraska is where they put it. Like really, wow, interesting. Hmm, what crazy. And then there's game. Uh, there'll be a game Sunday night, and there was a game uh, on Monday night, Labor Day. They have five straight days where they have college football games on. And Matt is all geared up and excited for the. I mean, you've probably stocked up at Brewers Outlet already. Oh, I'm ready. I've been counting down. Well, here we go. We'll get to this. Um, for me, I've got a nice triple header. We've got I've got Notre Dame at three thirty, even though this is another exhibition game because I got Tennessee State. But still, Notre Dame three thirty. Did you guys lose to Marshall last year? Valid point. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Should be an exhibition game. Um, the last at three thirty. Then we got Penn State and West Virginia at seven thirty. While I'll be listening to our man Doug Birdsong and yeah. Kevin. With uh, I'll be checking in on Bucknell at James Madison and see what they can do down there. So that's a Very 6 nice. o'clock kick. There you go. Good. Yeah. Uh, big weekend. Oh, let's check in and see how our team's doing here. Team doing all right? We were down 3 nothing last time I checked. Let's see here. How is your team doing? Um... Mm. A lot of U.S. Open results. Um, three nothing. Bottom of the seventh. You know, this judge isn't in the lineup today. Nothing surprises me anymore. I mean. He's exhausted after playing three weeks. $40 million. You should be punching in every day. See, he should take a page out of your book. I mean... You're only making $29 million and you're in there every day. <laughs>